You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Hey, good morning. I am so glad you joined us today. Thanks for being part of our family of listeners here on the Health Call Radio Hour. If you are new here, if this is your first time around, you picked a great day to come by. A lot of interesting things to talk about as we start today with a major complaint about one element in our healthcare system, and that is the cost and some lack of transparency about the cost of healthcare services. And we're going to take a look at a new trend called the direct primary care model addresses that. Healthcare is one of those few services in our lives that you pay for, that you buy without really knowing the full cost in advance. So when a doctor recommends a a procedure, uh, a treatment, chances are if you ask the question, what's this going to cost, you might not get a clear answer. So we're going to look behind the stethoscope on what may be behind some of that with Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary Care. He's here in the studio with us this morning. Good morning. Glad you came in. Good morning. Thanks. So tell me about that. Why why can't a doctor tell me what something might cost? There's no prohibition. There's no rules that says they can't share that information. Right. So a lot of times doctors don't have a lot of control over what things cost. Um, if they work for an institution, a large entity, the entity sends the prices for those. So from a cash price basis, you know, there's you know, no way to memorize every price that is set not by you, number one. And two, people that do have insurance, there's no way to understand exactly what their deductible is, their copay, if they've met those, how much out of pocket they have to spend. So every individual person, there's no way to sit down and say, this is what you'll have to pay for this. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I guess the docs, have, I, I want them focused on how they're going to help me get better and not all the BS, frankly, that goes on with when you're dealing with insurance. That complexity when it comes to hospitalization, though, grows exponentially. There is a, a, a big variety of costs, hospital to hospital. There was a study out just this week that said Indiana ranks fourth best in the nation for transparency of hospital costs, of procedure costs in a hospital. Part of that is because we, the state of Indiana, went beyond a federal law and required some additional transparency. And there's now a website that's published where you can go and take a look at and shop between hospitals. And, and Doc, I was really surprised at some of the cost differences. Um, a non-trauma total knee replacement at a Fort Wayne hospital, the cost was listed at $71,000, but the same procedure at a different hospital over in western Indiana was $43,000. So that's a big difference. The average treatment cost for a stroke with a clot in Indiana, the average statewide, is $35,000. But at the Terre Haute Regional Hospital, they are listing the price there at $62,000. So, huge variances in cost. It pays if I'm the consumer to go and, and shop that around. But my question to you is, am I going to get a lower quality of care if I'm paying the lower price or a better quality of care if I'm paying the higher price? No, you shouldn't. The standards are the same regardless of what hospital you go to. The difference in those prices um, can be you know, put to a number of different things. Hospitals can set their own prices for anything, and so there's a different margin that each hospital uses. But in addition to that, every hospital has different sets of resources. And the more resources you have, um, the higher the cost may be 
but also the more volume they may do or the more complex cases they may do. So when you look at you know a larger city, for instance, they may do more complex cases um, for certain things, in which case the cost is just naturally going to be a little bit higher for that. Got it. So, uh, one of the things that drew you into this new model of care is it's a lot simpler. You don't have to deal with all that complexity. So, your practice is direct primary care. And unlike a traditional doctor where I'm paying for an office visit and paying for a procedure, uh, in your model, I pay one price per month, and that covers anything you can do for me in the office, correct? Correct. Yep, we try to simplify everything, and we're able to do that because we cut a lot of the overhead out. We cut a lot of the billing, the insurance, the administrative side of medicine out, um, which is a big expense these days. Yeah, well, with all the complexity we just discussed, everything you've got to deal with, I get that. So, give me, let's talk some examples here. If I go to have, say, a mole removed in a traditional doctor's office, the prices I'm seeing are anywhere between $150 and $300. Uh, does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, that's correct. And um, again, it depends on the area that you get it from. You get it from a primary care doctor's office, it might be a little bit more on the $150 side. A dermatology office is a little bit more specialized. They deal with more complex cases. You're going to see that more on the $300 side of that. And in your office? It's a free procedure, essentially. We do the procedure for free. Um, there is a secondary uh, lab to that. So, oftentimes, when you have a skin lesion removed, it needs to go to pathology to be looked at. You're getting it removed for some reason. So, when you have that, there's a cost that I can't control, uh, but we do have the ability to work deals with some of the labs in town, so we can minimize that cost. So, for average uh, pathology specimen, it's about $60. And what would it be in a traditional environment, do you know? It, it, again, it depends on insurance, but if you're, if you're looking at cash prices, that can be any, it's well over $100, but you know, it could be two to $300, depending on, they have to do special stains, different things to it. Wow. Uh, what about other things like um, a joint injection, if you were going to uh, do some steroid for pain relief? Is sure. that something you can do? Absolutely. So, we do different joint injections for people that they often don't realize that primary care doctors can do. Um, you know, we're trained to do those things, and oftentimes they're, we're sent off, or patients are sent off to other places like the orthopedic office. And um, no, we definitely can do those. Again, a free procedure in our office. We charge for the medication used for the procedure, which is the steroid, uh, costs about $15. Fifteen bucks. What am I going to pay in a traditional office? So, traditional office, depending on where you go, again, primary care office versus somewhere else, you're going to look at about a hundred to two hundred dollars. That's that's shocking. That's that's. Are are your patients surprised when you say, "Well, yeah, this is fifteen bucks." Yeah, absolutely. They're not only are they surprised at that, but most of them are surprised that we could even do it in the office. Most of them, you know, come in and they're like, "I need a referral to the orthopedist so I can get my injection." And uh, Sit down and tell them, well, we could do that here, and they're really surprised at that. So why aren't why are those referrals happening? Why are so many patients accustomed to being referred out to a specialist? I think a lot of it is time in the office. It does take a little bit longer time to do procedures. So oftentimes, when you come in the office, you have about ten or fifteen minutes to be with a doc, and you know it takes ten or fifteen minutes to you know do a procedure. So that's all you're going to get done. Not not to mention if it's not something that um, you're you're booked for. If you're talking about something else, then you got to prepare for it. There's you know medicines you have to draw up, other things you have to do. You have to get consent from patients. So all that takes time, um, and it becomes more difficult. And there are some doctors' offices that are encouraged to send them to other people to do these procedures. 
So tell me more about that. They are encouraged to send them elsewhere. What does that mean? So um, I recently had a meeting with a gentleman who works for a larger entity around town who was told basically by the corporate um, entity they works for um, that he is no longer to do those procedures in the office because if they send them to a specialist office, they can actually charge more for the same procedure. Oh, wow. Okay. So a business decision, not a medical decision. Correct. Uh, so, I guess the downside of all of that, though, is if I'm if if I have to pay more for that care, I'm not going to see the doctor as often. I'm not going to go and address an issue, huh? Right. Um, and I tell people this all the time. It's the same thing for follow-up. So, if you come in for high blood pressure, diabetes, and we make some adjustments, and oftentimes we want you to follow up in a couple of weeks to see how you're doing. And oftentimes, people don't want to come back because it's another copay, another full office visit if they haven't met their deductible. So, they try to stretch, meaning they're not getting the follow-up, really, that they need to get to where um, you know they would be their healthiest. Oh, I get it. So, is that what pushed you toward this direct primary care model? Was just the simplicity and the the chance to what What was that driver? A lot of the drive was just being able to spend time with patients again. It was knowing that I could follow up with patients and not have to worry about them having an increased cost associated with it. And a lot of it was just from my own experience. When I go to the doctor, I've had insurance throughout the years, and even as a physician, I don't necessarily completely understand my insurance plan. Mm -hmm. So, when I look at what the cost is for certain things, and I go to the doctor, and I'm paying out of pocket so much, and I realize I've got you know high deductible of three thousand dollars, and you know, fortunately, as a physician, you know that salary you can sustain that sort of mm -hmm. cost. But the average person can't afford three thousand dollars out of pocket every year before they get things paid for. So, from a direct primary care standpoint, you know what those costs are up front. 90 plus percent of what you need during that year can be done in that office. And it's, you know, for about 1200 bucks, you're good to go. Yeah, $99 a month is, is your membership fee, and that covers anything that can be done in your office. And then we're going to talk in a moment about some medications that you have available. And uh, if you'd like to put a question to Dr. Wegman, he is here in studio with me. You can ring in at 447-1190-800-333-1190, or you can shoot us a text at 46862, where you put the phone number, just put 46862, and that will come to us here. And I'll put that question in front of Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary. Care as we continue on the Health Call Radio Hour. Welcome back to Health Call Live, where health information is free and the stethoscope is never cold. We're here to answer your questions at 447 1190. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. And back to our conversation with Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary Care. Direct Primary Care is kind of a new model. Well, I, I guess a, a growing trend. It's not new anymore, but a growing trend around the country. 35% increase year over year in doctors who are stepping away from traditional fee-for-service where they charge you for a procedure or an office visit and moving to this sort of membership-based pay-one-price, and I have access to my physician. And we were talking during the break there about... Uh, it's, it's not primary care alone. There are now some specialists who are moving into this direct care model. Yeah. Um, everybody uh, is really seeing that this is taking off. And I think from a provider standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. And it's much simpler. And it allows you the time to practice the medicine that you train for. So, that doesn't just exist in primary care. That exists across the board in all the specialties. 
One of the specialties that uh, people get referred out to a lot for is endocrinology for hormone management. Um, some primary care docs just don't take that on. How come is that, and how do you handle it? I think one of the things about it is it takes a little bit more time. Um, there are definitely some things with hormone replacement therapy as far as education that needs to happen. Um, there are some follow-up that needs to happen with that. Uh, and it's one of those subjects where it's really not a longevity thing necessarily. It's more of a lifestyle um, and having a good quality of life um, thing. And so I think a lot of what patient or doctors can focus on in the office in a short period of time, they're, they're looking at the longevity, the high blood pressure, the diabetes, and they just don't get to some of those quality of life things. One of the things that I do in my practice is I really try to balance that quality as well as quantity of life. You know, it's great to have as much quantity as you can get, but if you don't have it with quality, I'm not sure how great that is. Yeah, I agree with that. And that hormone replacement uh controversy, I think, has kind of faded away somewhat, hasn't it? At least my reading of things is that there is an increase in interest in hormone replacement therapy. Absolutely. I think, again, people are focused more on quality of life. I think the data, there is some data out there to suggest that there are certain you know risk factors and things like that that you need to avoid. But as long as you get a complete history and, and make sure that you're mitigating those risks as much as possible for that small percentage of the population, you know, the rest of us will do fine. What do you see in terms of indicators that, that you recommend hormone replacement therapy for your patients? You know, oftentimes patients will tell you um, they are, you know, missing something in their life. Um, there are th certain things that they used to be able to do that they can no longer do. And it's, it's not something, you know, when you look at the general blood work or just general things that, um, you know, all that's normal. And then you, you know, look at things like hormones and, You'd be surprised at how many people, uh, men especially, you know, have low testosterone levels, um, which can lead to a lot of different things. You know, things is, such as depression, trouble with sleep, decreased muscle mass, you know, all these things that lead to a lot of quality. Um, and the same thing for women. I think in the um, view of women as they go through, it's a little bit more obvious uh, for them going through the menopausal state, um, you know, but there are some, there's a set of misery that goes with that. I think and a lot of women will say that. Um, and to, to help get that through that process um, with hormone replacement and restore some of that quality, um, it really means a lot. Do you uh, uh, do a saliva test or a blood test when you're checking for levels? So most of what we do is blood tests. We partner with the lab for that. Um, we've got some relatively inexpensive pricing for that because it's, again, a direct model. So most of our patients are paying cash for that, although we do, if patients do have insurance, we can we can bill that through the insurance through the lab, but um, that's the easiest way uh, for us to do that. And then, do I have a choice of where I want to go for those products you're recommending? Yeah, absolutely. So, there's a number of different ways that we can do that. You can go to the local pharmacies in town. Um, there are some compounding pharmacies in town that actually do a great job at individualizing the uh, therapy for patients. And then, you know, we've got um, the kind of mail-away pharmacies and things like that, too, depending on, you know, price structures and, and different um, different things, whatever works best for the patient. So, we try to, um, with our model of care, we try to make sure that the patient can get what they need at the best price. 
Uh, and and all of that hormone consulting, hormone management is all included in my $99 a month fee, huh? Correct. So, again, as far as hormone replacement, especially with testosterone therapy, there are certain labs that we have to do on a, a regular basis. And because of that, there's an additional cost associated with that side of it, just from the labs. But um, the $99 a month does the rest of it. So the office visit and all that consultation that's included. Somebody just sent a text uh, message in and says, asked, uh, what is the stability of your fees with inflation and such? I've seen costs go out of control. How are you able to control those costs? So again, one of the things is, is our, our system is very basic. You know, we have a, a, a very um, small number of people that work in the office. There's just three of us. Um, there are certain prices that we don't have control over. So the medications, of course, we don't have control over. The labs, we don't have control over. Uh, but we work with pretty big um, entities that you know their their costs are rising a little bit. So our costs have to rise a little bit from that perspective, passing on to the patients. But everything that we do, as far as overhead. It's pretty simple. Um, I don't have a lot of extra things that you know are rising in costs these days. Now, are we going to have to rise, raise prices over time? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But at this time, you know, with everything else raising what nine to thirteen yeah. percent, um, you know, I haven't really seen a need to do anything like that yet. Give me an idea of what a lab cost might be with you compared to uh, a different model. Yeah. So, looking at cash-based pricing, if you do a simple blood count, for instance, um, when you do that at a hospital, um, there's an entity in town where you can walk in and just get a lab test that you request. Uh, they charge anywhere from about $100 to $125 for that. In our office, it's 5 bucks. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's shocking. Yeah, when you talk about hormones, uh, you know, oftentimes people think thyroid. Thyroid's a big thing, yeah, and people get those tested fairly frequently. So, you know, you look at those other hospitals, and where you walk in to get the lab test done, you know, you're looking about eighty to one hundred and twenty dollars, depending on the series of tests that you get. And again, in our office, that ranges anywhere from eight to sixteen dollars. Wow, that's a significant difference. Um, another text question says, "My producer." Um, I don't see that, Heather. Do you, do you send that my way? Um, so I know you're limiting your practice to 500 patients. Uh, and how's that? Where, where are you at? Still have room for people? Or are you close to the top? Nope, we still have room. Um, you know, before the end of the year, we're actually um, normally your first visit we would charge what we call an initiation fee. The first visit's a little bit more complicated, so we have a ninety nine dollars initiation fee. But we're actually not doing that until the end of the year. So after the end of the year, we've you know we've got a significant number of patients. We're going to start to you know um, reinstitute that initiation fee. So if you can make an appointment before the end of the year, you save some money. Well, that's that's what everybody wants to do when it comes to healthcare. Uh, and you can find out more at indianadirectprimarycare.com. That's indianadirectprimarycare.com. You'll find them online there. And the office is uh, pretty conveniently located. You're over behind, uh, tell me your address. It's right behind the Kroger at Covington, right? Correct. So it's um, essentially right across the highway from Lutheran Hospital. So, yeah, we're on Coventry Lane back there. Great. And your, your ideal patient, give me an idea of who you think is going to benefit most from your particular type of care. Honestly, I think anybody can. Uh, it's just a matter of you know looking towards your health, and when you can provide, when we can provide more time with patients, when we can provide you know care that is um, 
you know, open, honest, and you know, you know the pricing. Whether you have insurance, not insurance, you know, most people that have insurance these days have high deductibles. So, you know, even at spending that $99 a month for the entire year, you've got that spread out over the year number one, which spreads out that deductible. But again, you're going to be well underneath what your deductible would be. In our model, you know, you could go to the urgent care probably three times for that expense. You can go to the ER once. So if we can save you one of those, you're going to save a significant amount of money. Wow. I, I'm just so interested in your model and I hope it's a success. It makes a lot of sense. I think uh, putting the patient first uh, is really what matters. And it sounds like that's what happens at Indiana Direct Primary Care. We will be back on the other side of the half hour taking a look at some advancements in eye care and uh, a, a drug, a new eye drop that you can put in your eye to actually help you see without your readers. That's pretty interesting. We'll get to that as we come back with more of the health call radio hour here on whoa whoa podcasts by federated media